Hey everybody, welcome to Black and White Reviews. I'm Lee. And I am Will. And we've taken some time off. Um, I mean, well, we've still been putting out our, our movie stuff every other week, but um, we haven't really had much going on with MCU, um, and nothing's been going on with The Chosen, so we haven't had a weekly um, series to talk about for a while. Um, it's, it's only been a few weeks, but it seems like it's been a few months, <laughs> honestly. Um, so, yeah, what have you been up to, Will, with your free time? Work. Work, work, work. <laughs> work, work, and work. Nice. That, that, yeah, that, pretty that, much same here. It's pretty much it. You know, a lot of work. <laughs> um, planning on taking a trip pretty soon. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Chicago, right? I am going to Chi-Town. So. Chi-Town. We're doing. City. So I, um, yeah, I um, brought up the idea of doing, you know, the What If series kind of as a filler, you know, in between things as, as, as this show kind of seems to be. It's very much filler. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> so uh, let me just get this out of the way. In this first episode, and and what I'm guessing this series is, there's there's nothing of substance here. This is just stupid fun. Um, oh yeah. As somebody who is admittedly not a fan of anime, this kind of mm. gives off that vibe a little bit. So mm-hmm. immediately, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a turn off. I will say mm-hmm. that the animation is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, the voice acting is, it is what it is. It's not the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> um, right. But, you know, it's, for what it is, it's cool. Okay. All right. So you, I mean, I, I went into this kind of reluctantly, but once, when I thought about um, what it was all about and saying, okay, well, now that we've seen Loki, you know, um, and we know that different, you know, possibilities of different timelines branches if you will um have you know are existent and allowed to continue to grow um that's what this is all kind of about is hey let's look at a couple of just random possibilities you know it's almost like marvel's version of a treehouse of horror you know kind of where it's like hey here's here's the thing but it's not going to be considered canon per se in the mcu like the movies you know all cinematic yeah it's mcu um it's funny, we still call it Cinematic Universe, um, even though we're talking about a series here that's through Disney+. Plus. I would but, not um, consider reality, this, I would not consider this canon, nor would I consider this a part of the MCU, the way that I do consider things like Loki and WandaVision a part of the right. MCU. Well, that's, that's why this, I'm saying this is definitely more of a Treehouse of Horror type thing, um, where it's like, even though in The Simpsons, they don't have a lot of things that really carry through and and continue on except for you know where does homer work and what does uh well i guess that's really it i, that's, I don't know that's pretty much um it. <laughs> yeah nothing really carries on it's like the simpsons is pretty much just like it's it's not so much a reset but you know you do understand certain things about characters but treehouse of horror was always like a hey none of this is going to ever be seen again it's all just like this weird nightmare right so that's what's kind of happening here is like everything's kind of a weird nightmare we'll never see it again it's just an interesting what if scenario thing. So I I went into it and again, we've talked about this multiple times. Neither of us are really into anything animated. We're not into anime. Um it's hard for us to take it seriously and to um to work it into something and say, hey, this is like you said, canon. Um it, it's not, but I actually really enjoyed this first episode. Oh, wow, uh, even okay. the second time around, because mainly because of the the amount of detail that they put into it. Um one thing that we've known about Kevin Feige is he's definitely not somebody to shy away from, like, 
detail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he always wants to make sure he's putting lots of details into the things that he's putting his Feige stamp on. Right. So here, um, there's lots of little tidbits, little lines. Um, maybe it's been a while since I've watched the first Avenger um, where I'm like, wait, was that? Did Steve actually do that? Like, did that happen? There was a lot or of things. Just something- I've seen the first Avenger recently. There was a lot of things going on in this episode that happened in the first Avenger that, you know, the... Um, we're just switched to her. Yeah. That were just gifted to her, exactly. Right. Yeah. And I, and I knew I knew that would happen, but obviously that they were going to have this whole, th- whole other side of it where is while this branch goes off... You know, lots of things can change, and lots of things would have gone a different way. I mean, without getting too much into it, you know, just the way that the Tesseract is used here is very different than the way the Tesseract was used in the first Avenger. You know, one was for a weapon, the other one was for more of a portal. So, interesting that they it went that different direction just because, you know, this, um, you know, butterfly wing flapped, you know, just ever so slight compared to the other butterfly wing, you know, like whatever. That's kind of what we're getting at here. Correct and I me think if I'm wrong, I think it's but wasn't, interesting wasn't the Tesseract used for a portal in the Avengers? In the Avengers, correct, not for the first Avenger. The first Avenger was used as a power source for weapons. Right, but eventually mm-hmm. it was used as a portal, so you, we're, we're still on... Correct. We're still on point. No, we're still on point, but the fact that the Red Skull was using it for a different purpose here is not on point. That's my point. Haha. <laughs> Semantics. So that's what, what I'm getting at is things <laughs> things changed, you know, because things changed. So it's it's interesting that it that we don't know why and how, you know, it made that much of a difference, but because it did, it did, and that's why we get this. So um So the okay, it's funny yeah. that it's funny that that's the difference that you mentioned, because I figured you would have just gone with the big one like, okay, Howard Stark basically made Steve Rogers Iron Man. Yeah, well, that's more the Iron Monger, actually. It's a lot more like one. Obadiah's. Yeah. I mean, and I thought that was kind of cool. You know, it, it looked it looked like the Mark I meets the Iron Monger, the one that Obadiah Stane created, um, using uh, Ralphie from Christmas Story's help, you know. And that's what we get. So it, I, I kind of like the way they did it. It was very Iron Giant with the animation, mm-hmm. you know, the way they did it here. And I, and I enjoyed Iron Giant. So, um, you know, as an animated movie, I thought it was fantastic. Um, but that's the difference is I think like anime, I can't. Uh, I, I, maybe that's what it, what it really is for me. Like I can deal with certain um, animated stuff um, depending on what it is. But for some reason, it's like. F- foreign like more foreign animation i think the whole thing the whole thing for me is like culture we grew up very much you know american cartoons through and through this feels the the animation in this feels very japanese this does kind it feels very anime yes i i will i will like okay like like mm, kind of i mean you um, wouldn't say that into the spider-verse did well that did too to a point, and I more mean like okay. So you look at the characters and the way they have like this staca- this bleh, staccato motion thing going on. Like that to me is very anime because I've seen that in some anime that I've actually tried to sit down and watch, and I just couldn't get with it because of the way that the characters in those you know move. I'm used to you know cartoons where the characters move very fluidly. Here it's purposely like stunted. 
a little bit. And well, for action stuff, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. That's kind of what. That's kind of my turn off when it comes to anything anime. So I can't. But like you said, I agree with you completely. It's something that I'm never going to be able to really take seriously. But what I do enjoy yeah. about this is that they are, you know, sticking really close to the characters. Like, I can completely believe if Howard Stark had access to an unlimited power source that he would invent an Iron Man suit. Like, that's completely oh, yeah. believable. So I bought into totally. everything like that. Um, Steve Rogers, still very humbled. Still, you know, very selfless. Yep. And I really enjoyed that. Yep. What was funny about this is um, the amount of people they got back to do voices, but the fact that they didn't have Chris Evans, I was actually really surprised. I was very surprised. I mean, so, I mean, we know that we didn't get um, Hugo Weaving. You know, he wasn't even reprising his role um, as, as the Red Skull when they did Endgame. You know, they had Ross Marquand who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's fantastic, Mars Walk- um, Ross Marquand. He um, has done tons of amazing impressions i've seen um and and, i mean i I knew him mostly from walking dead actually he was one of the characters in walking dead but he's here um playing schmidt red skull whatever um you've got Haley atwell as peggy carter samuel jackson as nick fury jeremy renner as clint barton stanley tucci came back they even all the way down to toby jones who played zola you know the little guy sebastian Um, stan but like all sebastian stan was there um and and it was funny because Samuel well, Jackson. Into that later, they actually but, get, like got yeah. Samuel Jackson to play Nick Fury, which that that surprised like me the most. Lines. Three quick lines, exactly. Were, yeah, but but they didn't have Chris Evans. I'm, I'm very, not, very very shocked. I'm not. Mm, I'm not. Why? They, because the amount of, of recently of voice so, okay, screen so time he had recently recently I came across an article that basically the way Marvel is going to be doing things moving forward is they're not going to be signing these actors into long-term deals anymore it's basically going to be Mm. a per appearance thing yeah i mean chris evans is one of those actors within the mcu a lot like robert downey jr who would be able to demand an obscene amount of money (laughs) so i i I absolutely i buy that what's and what's samuel l jackson not one of those actors That's the, my point. In, in, you know, in, it just it doesn't. Mm. Okay, Samuel Jackson inside the MCU compared to Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. Eh, I'm not mm, buying yeah, that. I guess. They're, like, I guess it's it's two completely different tiers of of yeah. their importance and their relevancy to the MCU. So mm-hmm. Chris Evans not being here, I buy. If if they eventually do a story of, you know, Iron Man, I do not expect Robert Downey Jr. to voice act Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would not I be suppose. surprised. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyway, tis what it is. <laughs> we do have, um, we, we do have a quite a, a, a long list of people who are in it. Um, but, I mean, basically, yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it more than I expected to. When you and I were talking about this, and we're like, oh, well, let's do what if. And I'm like, really? At first, I was like, not really interested. The only but reason. Again, once I, once I made the connection, like, I, I think it was once we finished um, Loki, I was like, oh, I see what they could be doing with this, which is showing us alternate branches just for fun. Right. Just for funsies, just to kind of hold things over. 
until we get something else like Shang-Chi, which is Shang-Chi still coming out in the fall? I think so. So good. Yeah, that's what they're doing. For and the whole reason a little something just to hold us over. The whole reason why I even recommended that we do this is just, you know, in, in excuse to keep the weekly podcast going with you. I, I mean, there's really nothing else coming out that you and I would both agree upon to, to discuss. Mm. So I was like, you know what? Let's yeah. just do well, what mean, if and whatever happens next happens next. <laughs> I do want to see Free Guy. So. I'm very interested. I don't know if you see if. If if you haven't seen some of the newer trailers <laughs> where he's got like <laughs> there's like a another version of him that's like super big and jacked. It's it's one of the funniest. <laughs> it's it's way too funny. Um and they did like a commercial where he's or like an uh promo for it where it's he's pretending to be like Ryan Reynolds like, "Oh yeah, this is what I did, you know? I mean, as a as an actor, you have to do what you have to do." And he's wearing like this giant well, he's not it's not even him wearing it. His face is superimposed on a big bodybuilder. But he's uh, he's just going with it, like in a ver- in very Ryan Reynolds style, just being basically Deadpool in his entire life. Like that's just who he is. I it's love that that's a thing now. Like Ryan Reynolds style. <laughs> that's like a thing. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. <laughs> like it's twenty twenty one. It's like and he and he and Deadpool are one and the same at this point. Like pretty he much is the living Deadpool. <laughs> but anyway. Let's get to the actual episode itself. I'm glad we talked about where we're coming from, how we approach this. Um, but I want to talk about the story a little bit, um, just because. So we're introduced immediately to the Watcher here. Um, by introduced, I mean we hear his voice. You know, there's not much we're going to really know about the Watcher. He just kind of watches and narrates this for us. So I, um, I, I do want to say something enough, about this. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Wright, over the past few yes. years, has quickly become an actor that I will follow. So I got to ask about this. The only thing I remember him from, I know he's like the new Gordon and the Batman. He, he was also in interstellar, right? Was it interstellar that he was in? I think he was so. one of the doctors. I'm not hundred percent. The only other thing I can, I can think he was, he was in. So he plays, he plays in, huh. There's no way of getting around this. He plays basically an android in a television series called Westworld. Oh, he's in Westworld. Okay, then that's that makes sense. His performance in that show is stellar. Like mm-hmm. from top to bottom, like from the first season, the second, the third, his performance and what he was able to accomplish in that role was fantastic. And mm-hmm. that's basically the reason why. Um I do believe he was, was he in Boardwalk Empire? Yes, he was. I think, yeah, he was in Boardwalk mm-hmm. Empire too, and I remember him from that, and that was my first introduction to him, and I was like, wow, this guy is, this guy is phenomenal. Dude, he was in the Manchurian Candidate back in 04. That makes sense. He was in Shaft back in 2000. Yeah. Anyways, um, regardless. I guess he's not in I, 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 like, like Much like Lady you, in the Water. Much like you, I was not all that excited about going into this television show until I heard his voice narrating it, and it immediately sucked me in. So I will say that that I knew his voice as soon as I heard it. I knew exactly who it was, and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And my 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 interest peaked, and as soon as like it was like revealed that oh he's just kind of a narrator and he's not going to be okay, never mind. And I was kind of let down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
but he's there. I mean, we'll see what happens. Like, I'm wondering, because, I mean, he does have the line in here that I remember from the trailer about him not interfering. Right. And usually when somebody says something like that, that's kind of a foreshadowing to, okay, we're going to see somebody interfere at some point. So I'm wondering if we're going to get a little bit more of the Watcher, you know, as not just a narrator, but it's going to become a character that we end up knowing later on, whether it's through the series or in a movie. So I did um, I did do I'm I did do a little bit of research on the the Watcher and I don't know if it's an internal or exactly what's going on. I didn't go that deep into it. So maybe possibly down the line, who knows? <laughs> Yeah, when's the internals coming out? I have no idea. That's also in the fall, right? It's been a while. It's been a while since I looked at that information. I have no idea when that movie's coming out. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we have some stuff coming up, and I think that's the whole thing. Is like we have a lot that's about to go on. Um, as far as Marvel, they're doing some interesting things. Um, it's just. Nobody's been, like, pumped up about the Eternals. Um, yeah, November. Wow. So, we're going into it. it. It seems odd, probably because they're introducing a lot of well-known actors all at once into a universe that already has a bunch of very well-known actors. Angelina Jolie. So, yeah, she's Th- pretty well-known. That's the one I can't wrap my head around. I can't see her... In this. In the MCU? No. <laughs> well, she is. I, I so. know. Hey, she was in Kung Fu Panda, too. So I, yeah. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's, uh, let's get in here a little bit more. Uh, so, we see it here. He's talking, about, the Watcher here is introducing this whole thing. He's talking about alternate realities, infinite worlds, which, again... We understand after watching Loki, okay, now these all exist. Infinite worlds, infinite possibilities. They just opened up the opportunity for the largest cash cow ever. <laughs> ever. Well, <laughs> hey, by I mean, the way, we, we, everything you've ever known. I mean, again, I know you mentioned it before. We said this you know, months doing this. ago that, 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 that I know. this is exactly the door that they were going to open up. And it's it stinks because, I, I mean, as much as we ripped on DC, I was really hoping if we kept on ripping on them, they'd finally get their stuff together. They're not. <clears throat> but Mar- Marvel's just like, nah. <laughs> we were gonna, we, like they were like almost teasing, like we'll let you catch up. Come on, you can do it. Oh, sorry. And then just did this. <laughs> like, oh great. So they're still trying to get their Flash movie out, which will introduce Flashpoint. Which will be very similar to what we've got going on here. But guess what? It's like it's like the family guy. Simpsons did it. You know, like, sorry. They're just back and forth. It's Simpsons versus family guy. It's DC versus. So I'm not I'm not as know, excited MCU. about this whole thing as you are. I, I think opening up this many doors and having this many possibilities within the MC, I think it's a mistake. I'm going to say that eh. I think it's a giant mistake. I don't. Because and you I said think it. You if, said the if word. They, if they take it. Mm. You said if they take it too far, it's a mistake. But we haven't seen Feige take it too far yet. He has, um, and everything that's that's come out so far, slowly enough, and I hate to use the term again because I know you hate it, but conditioned us 
to accept certain things as we've gone through it. But the point is, like, we started off with Iron Man, right? Iron Man was the first MCU movie, and it was like, guy's smart, he's rich, he built tech. I can buy that. And then somehow we got to a point where we've got gods with magic axe, like magic axes and hammers. But because we had so many other movies before that talking about science and this and that, we bought into it and said, okay, I'll allow it. To now, we have we had these movies like Avengers Infinity War and Endgame that are just like totally crazy with all these big name actors like and they end up being like the most successful movies like ever made because they're insane how many people they got into it. But yet it wasn't like anybody had too much screen time and it wasn't a power struggle the entire time that didn't make sense. It fit. So my point is I don't see Feige taking the ball running with it and then taking the ball and just driving it so hard into the ground that nobody cares anymore. I do. I don't think that's going to happen. I do. Really? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think that's what I think that's where things are going towards. I not. So you far said, they haven't disappointed. You already said it. Cash cow. That's exactly what this is yeah. turning into. That's exactly what's going to happen. Now, for the foreseeable future, yes, things do look promising. I'm an ex- and I'm excited for the movies that are going to be coming out. My thing is, when is it going to stop? Because right now, I, do, I don't see an end in sight. And anything that's worth, like, having, like, you have to have some kind of an end date. You have to have a definitive ending to everything that's happening right now within the MCU. And I don't see that. I see this thing continuing. It's just going to go on and on and on. A lot like Star Wars. Well, Star Wars had its time, and we thought they were done, and then they came back with the the, the, um, sequel trilogy, you know, and we're like, oh, okay, and now they're talking about retconning that (laughs) with with Favreau behind the wheel and whatever, but, I mean, we can go into that forever. Okay, so you really think that Disney's just just not going to pick somebody else to be at the helm of this thing when Feige decides that he's done? I think they would, but I think it would be pretty obvious when it does happen that it's not it's not quite the same and the OG fans are going to hold on to oh, this is the Feige verse. No, we're gonna complain. And that's what that's what's gonna happen. We're gonna complain. <laughs> <laughs> like we like everybody complains about Star Wars right now. In five or ten years, it's gonna be the same thing with the MCU. You're just gonna have a group of people complaining that it used to be better. Well, dude. I mean honestly, the MCU has put out way more better movies than Star Wars. True, but... And I can't believe I'm saying... I mean, like, I love Star Wars. But if we're talking about, like, you know, quantity with quality, MCU blew them out of the water. I'm not arguing that. Totally. Uh, you're, you're absolutely and, right. So, you're absolutely right. I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm setting myself up now. I am no mm-hmm. longer going to let, you know, myself get overly excited for the future of the MCU like I did 10 years ago when everything was just like, so, oh my God, the horizon looks so bright and they're going to do this massive, you know, Infinity Gauntlet saga and it's going to be amazing. Like, we all knew that that was going, but now it's just, it, it's already starting to feel like a cash cow. And with them right, opening right, up right. all of these different doors and these endless possibilities, like, we're going to get 
a series based around, you know, Iron Man, like I said, like Iron Man being a nobody, like, like, like Tony Stark is in some other universe driving a truck and that's that going to be idea, like, yeah. that, that, but the, it's just an example, but that's like going to be like its own little set of movies, like well, all, all over here well, in a corner. It, isn't it? Well, I don't know, but isn't it Ironheart, the, the girl? Sure. It's like a young girl. Like a teenager. Oh or yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, she, yeah, she yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, that is a story that eventually becomes it, where Tony Stark is kind of the one who mentors her. You know, like an AI Tony Stark somehow um, teaches her, and she takes it over. Yeah, I mean that's that's. I mean that is a story, uh, but I think, I think what it comes down to is we we saw this, and many of us looked at it and said, you know what. What are they going to do after Endgame? Like, how could you possibly make another movie after Endgame? Because that was so epic. You know, it was huge. You had all of these movies, 23 movies or whatever, all come together and, and you know, meet. They intersected at this moment, you know? And then after that was done, we're like, geez, Spider-Man is going to be garbage. <laughs> you know? Like, how do you follow that? You know? Um... And so far, they've been successful. When Far From Home came out, I was like, oh, my God, this is actually really good. So No, so far, they've been successful. And another reason why I'm bringing all of this up right now is because, look, as good as Loki was, and it was a good show, mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. be honest, it was just an elongated teaser for what's to come. Right. Of course. Absolutely. But Far From Home was more of a... We're going to keep this momentum going. We're not going to tell you how or what, but we're going to as far as MCU movies, go, like movies coming out. And then I think and here's where I think might be the subconscious, you know, thorn in your side. And I, I don't th- I don't know if we're going to do it because it's going to be so rude. Black Widow. Man, the we've fact, waited okay, so the long The fact that there's a lawsuit movie. surrounding this movie should tell every <laughs> MCU fan everything that they need to know about, about like, how absurd Disney and, and, and Marvel as an entity are right now. Like, and, mm-hmm. I mean, your, your phrase was perfect. Cash cow. Like, that's... Right. I, I know. I know. I'm just... <sighs> Feige is not Disney. He's a guy who's been the show or the the runner, I guess, not showrunner, but whatever. Yeah, the showrunner, you know, for everything. He's the one who's been doing the whole thing here. He's not saying, give me money, give me money, give me money. Disney is saying, make us money, make us money, make us money. And, you know, how how far do we go? What happens when they can him? Because he's like, no, this is garbage. I'm not going to make a movie like this. You know, I don't know, but. I'm waiting you know, for here that we day. are. I'm, I'm waiting for that. I, day. I, I know. Because <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Mean, it, it, we, we, okay, like we've talked about with other TV shows, for example. Um, you know, we've had shows that have been so good, they'll be good for like three, four seasons. And then the last like season's like, oh, interesting. And then the last episode, you're like, that's what you're going to give us? I think, I think the, we're done I, with that. I think the most <laughs> appropriate example for this would be when Walking Dead um, showed Frank Darabont mm. the door. Yeah, like AMC yeah. told Frank Darabont, "Yeah, we're done with you now. Goodbye." And then after that, the when show was, was just downhill. After the second when? season, oh 
really? Yeah, I think that it was, explains I think a it was lot. At, after the second season, Darabont was gone. That explains so much. So second season was what the farm. So it was was it pretty much like when they went when they went to the prison? The, that, that was the, all new. The second season ended with them with Shane dying, and they went to the prison. Mm. Yeah, see, that makes sense. That's when everything started getting weird. I mean, the governor was interesting. I'll definitely give them that. But they've gone so far from even that. Mm. Yeah. Um. I maybe I maybe I, I have you know some kind of you know affection for the stuff with the governor because I read the Rise of the Governor, which is a fantastic book. It's a great. Um, it's a great anybody, graphic novel. Oh, yeah, you've read it. Okay, yes. yeah. Oh no, no, wait, no, no, no. I didn't read a graphic novel. It was just a straight up novel. Um, I didn't have the graphic one. Whatever. I guess you had that one. Um, but it was it was so cool because there was the whole twist at the end. You're like, oh, that makes so much more sense now. Mm-hmm. I get this. Um, but anyway, yeah. But and I think when you do that, like when you when you can somebody, when you start off again, it's a matter of desensitization. You start off one way, and you're like, okay, let's keep it as close as we can to what we had before. But then slowly you start to let go of what morals or, you know, um, rules you followed, bef- you know, and previously. And then it starts to slip and, be- and change and change and change. And next thing you know, it's pretty much unrecognizable. And next thing you know, Rick Grimes is biting a man's jugular. And the whole crew is sliding knives through people's heads while they're asleep. And I'm like, yeah, this show is not, not, uh, hmm. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it we was have actually talked about pretty dead on with but the comics. What if? <laughs> well, yeah, dead on with the comics. But still, just, you didn't, like, I think the difference is the way that, the way that Darabont does stuff. I mean, we've watched, I mean, some of the best Darabont stuff I can think of. Obviously, Shawshank was fantastic. And the best and really only great, um, story wise, and just feel. Of any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, which was um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, uh, Dream Warriors, was fantastic. And Frank Darabont was uh, a big part of that. So, I mean, those are the two that, that stick out to me um, outside of The Walking Dead. And I've greatly enjoyed those. Um, but, you know, there's something about the way he tells a story that wasn't as draggy as what they've done afterwards. You know, yeah. it was well written. It's like, for example, we watch a Tarantino movie. You and I, we have been Tarantino fans for years. And what we love about Tarantino is his ability to make what would seem like a, a pointless conversation entertaining. You know, even if the conversation is, is like barely relevant to the story, would, would, it's entertaining. Would you give a guy a foot massage? That is exactly what I'm referring to, and that's that is that is that is the basis of why you and I started this podcast. <laughs> because every because because there used to be a point. I think now maybe maybe we're too professional about it now, but there was always a point where the two of us would argue and argue for hours, and one of us would say, "Would you give a man a foot massage?" And the other one goes. Basically, shut up, and then we're done with this conversation. <laughs> I'm moving on because touche to you, sir, but I'm too prideful to say touche. Um, anyway, blah, 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 blah. What if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? Let's get into this now that we're, what, are we an hour into this already? <laughs> um, 
let's. I, I feel like you're just avoiding it. But I'm not <laughs> avoiding it. I'm just trying to, you know, fill the space because this. Okay, so it's this, this episode moves so fast. It does. You know what? I we're was gonna okay be with it because we're gonna be done with this conversation America, in 20 minutes. <laughs> Captain America: The First Avenger, to me, um, was a very I'm not gonna say forgetful, but quick, like this. You know, like I can recall that whole movie. As quickly as I could recall this, mm. like he, these are the main points, skinny kid from Brooklyn, this, that, blah, 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 move on. And then next thing you know, you know, whatever, then we're at the end of the movie, he gets frozen and he wakes up and he's in the future. Wow. Like it, it's not a bad movie, but it was a necessary movie. Just like Thor was a necessary movie just to get the character into the universe. You know, that, that is what I looked at. That's, those are the two movies I looked at like that. I mean, the Incredible Hulk was so early on into phase one of this, you know, uh, Feige-verse, you know, the MC universe, um, that it was like, I, I don't think they, they really had a good solid footing at the time. I mean, in reality, if you, if you think about it, Iron Man came out, and then after that, the next movie was The Incredible Hulk, right? So they didn't really have their footing at that point. No, they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> no. So that's why that movie just didn't stand up to the rest of them. Um, but anyway, here we're 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 playing games. Um <laughs> I just I, I like that this this episode was not like let's start from the beginning and go through all of this stuff. Let's like let's just get to the meat and potatoes of what we need to know, you know, for uh, but again, it's need to know of the story that doesn't really exist and doesn't really matter because we're looking at a branch of a potential reality that might exist just for funsies. That's really it. So that's why they didn't play games here. Um, but we we get skinny Steve, uh, no Chris Evans, um, but Peggy chose to stay and not go up into the booth. Right. And that was the that was the moment that changed this branch that created this branch, right? You know, from what we knew as the, um, the regular sacred timeline version of, of the story here. And, um, she's looking at this one guy. He's, he's got this, you know, Zippo out. Like, what's he up to? There's a case somewhere that's clearly a detonator. She goes to jump over there and like, stop the guy. And, uh, whatever. He blows it up. People die. This happens. This guy comes out with a gun. People get shot. Who else gets shot? Steve yeah. Rogers gets shot. Skinny Steve gets shot. Okay, so so <laughs> I have a question. I I I uh huh. I have a question. Okay, probably the same question I had. So yeah. her being in the room prompted this guy to detonate this bomb sooner than he originally would have. Yeah. So if you remember, That's if what... you remember. In First Avenger, Steve Rogers actually mm -hmm. goes through with the whole transformation, and then the guy detonates the bomb. Right. Mm -hmm. Here, mm -hmm. simply because she's in the room, the guy wants to pull the trigger sooner. Mm -hmm. That just—I I mean, it, whatever. This is a show. It's stupid. It's fun, it's, and I and, it, and, again, and I, I, I enjoyed it. It just seems—it it seems really far-fetched. That that's but that's that's the point. It's it's the flap of the butterfly's wing. One tiny thing could set somebody off to do something way earlier, or not do something, or do something that they might have taken a second more to think about. 
that's that's the cool that's the interesting thing about the butterfly effect if one little thing changed what how many things could that affect you know the flap of a wing the fact that she moved over could have changed the temperature in a room that made him respond differently emotionally at that moment and say you know what now's the time to do it see when they do it, things it, like it's that something as dumb and simple as that when they do things huh? like that when they do things like that they should just have a, a reference to Ashton Kutcher somewhere in the scene <laughs> so that I can just be like, oh, okay, I forgive this now because butterfly effect. Great. You know what? We haven't done that movie, and I still don't understand why. It's a fantastic film. I mean, I mean, at least the concept of it. I, I mean, I, whatever. We'll, uh, we will revisit that. I, um, Is that on our list? I... I am not on board with that unless you want to hear me rant and rave for about an hour. <laughs> I, I, okay. I I do not like that movie. <laughs> I really don't. Okay. I do not like that movie. And it's not because it's not because of the concept of the premise. This was early in Ashton Kutcher's career and he still hadn't gotten the stank of Kelso off of him yet. So I had a really hard time buying what he was doing in that movie. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, let's get back into this. Cool. So, who's going to go in there? Stark, you go in there. I'm just a button pusher. Can't go in there. Okay. Hey, you get in there. I can't go in there. <laughs> hey, give it to Mikey. He'll eat anything. <laughs> He likes it. It was basically, yeah, I'm not going to try it. Yeah. You know, it was, it was ridiculous. So finally Peggy's like, I'm going to do it. And <laughs> you got this character, Flynn. What was he like? Somebody Flynn. Was he, was he like Admiral? Colonel Flynn. That's what he was. And, um, he's the one who's like being charged. Like, what are you doing? He's like, Carter, what are you doing? It's like, I'm doing what I have to do. Basically he goes in there. He's the he's he's the typical he's the typical 1940s sexist character that's in every 1940s movie. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's oh, yeah. that, that that's what and he it, is. <laughs> it's it's what's it's what's hilarious. so funny about it is I I did not I purposely did not look up who was doing voices in this. I knew that there were going to be some major voices like, you know, Peggy Carter was going to be Peggy Carter. Um I saw Jeremy Renner was going to be in there. And those are only the few that I, in Samuel Jackson, like I knew the, the few basics, right? Mm-hmm. Now I heard this guy talking and I go, oh my God, is that Eric from Billy Madison? Sure enough, it's Bradley Whitford. Yep. Dude, his voice is so distinct. Little whiny jerk. Pretty much. You know, I mean, you remember him from Get Out, which was a phenomenal movie for its, you know, Jordan Peele just blew me away with that. Um, uh, But Bradley Whitford, yeah, dude, this guy was spot on for this character. Like, even though his character didn't look like him, he sounded exactly like him because it was him. And you're like, oh my God, is that is that, that dude that I barely know from anything besides, you know, Billy Madison and Get Out? Nope, that's him. Straight up, it's just him. Yep. It's weird, how, right thing, it's weird how that works out because he has a super recognizable face. Yeah, his face is recognizable. But they didn't even actually do his face. They just did some other face. It kind of looked like, like him. Like, it's, it's not his hairline. No. The, dude, the dude's had a hairline, like, you know, halfway on, on his dome since Billy Madison. Yeah, well, you know, you, you, you can embellish a little bit. It's it's animated. You can, I, you I know. Suppose, I suppose. But I I just, it's it's funny to me. <clears throat> it just kind of fit in the way that it did. But anyway, 
he goes off on this whole thing. And, you know, Stark's like, it's been an absolute success. And, you know, Whitford comes back. And he's like, oh, it's been an absolute failure. You know, just totally. And it's it's ridiculous. And he just he goes in this whole thing about how women aren't soldiers. They'll break a nail or something. They shouldn't be out there on the front lines. Yeah, like you said, just like cliche dude, dude just saying women shouldn't be out there. You know, he clearly hasn't watched G.I. Jane. And so, um... Well, it's nineteen. It's nineteen forty something. I don't think GI Jane was a thing yet. No, when was that? Nineties, ninety eight. Pretty much Jane Fonda. I mean, Jane Fonda. Wasn't she GI Jane? What? GI. What was that? A remake? Okay, maybe it wasn't. Who am I thinking of? Demi Moore. You're right. You're right. Yeah, Jane Fonda was not G.I. Jane. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's... I'm like, when did you think this movie came out? Wait a minute. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Jane Fonda. I had a moment. No, G.I. Jane came out in 97. It was Demi Moore. You're right. She shaved her head. You're right. And, you know... uh, Oh, dude, who was... Ah, I forgot who it was. Oh, was it... um, Was it Aragorn? Was he in that? I want to say he was in that. Dude, it's been years since I've seen that movie. Oh, well, I know, but that was, it's funny because I remember it being before... Um, I remember it being way before um, Lord of the Rings, and it was it was him. Yeah, I know. It was, uh, yeah, Viggo Mortensen. He was Master Chief Sh- uh, John James, whatever. Um, that's funny. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That's actually really funny. Um, he was the dude in there. Demi Moore. Anyway, I, I can't believe we got into G.I. Jane. I, I watched that with my mother, which, I mean, it's a rated R movie in 97. I was a kid. Like, I watched it with my mother and whoever, you know, was around at that time in my life as a quote-unquote father figure. And, yeah, we watched G.I. Jane. <laughs> I would never watch that movie again. Anyway, um, moving on. Um, Steve goes into this whole thing because he's... Um, his, he's, he's got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. Um, his legs don't work. He just got blown up, um, or whatever, um, not blown up, but he was, you know, recovering and can't really do too much. He got shot. Um, he didn't get blown up. Sh- he just got sh- shot. Yeah. I'm thinking blown up later. Um, so yeah, he got shot. So he's recovering, going through physical therapy. She's jacked <laughs> and yet. Yet, even though she's jacked, and and Stark makes a comment about her not having to need heels anymore, um, for some reason, every time you see, you know, little skinny Steve near her, the height difference is not that big. No. Like, it's not that much of a... And and this is an animated film, you know, or animated show, and still, like, they they couldn't work with that. And I think it's because it would look kind of strange if this, like, you know, seven-foot-tall woman was, like kind of like flirting with this <laughs> like five foot five foot two dude <laughs> yeah. but hey whatever so they they get into this thing and i, I love the line there's like oh it could be worse you could be stuck on a uso tour told to smile 10 times a day and and do all these stupid things you know basically selling war bonds <laughs> um which is funny like because every dollar you send exactly is another what he bullet was doing. And, and your best man's gun <laughs> Yeah, I know, and that's what was so funny about it. They just they were they were throwing little jabs back at like, hey, remember this? Hey, remember that? You know, fan service stuff. It was funny, but they're seeing soldiers who are shipping out. There goes my friend Bucky. 
you know, and the two of them have their little falling in love stuff, you know, like, oh, you know, I'll teach you how to dance. Maybe you haven't found the right partner. Ha ha ha. And you're like, oh, look, even though she's like jacked and like. <laughs> See, that was weird to me. Clearly, they clearly don't fit together. <laughs> clearly, they don't fit together. That was the part um, that was weird to me. Like this jacked lady <laughs> is looking at this little skinny dude. Maybe you just haven't found the right partner. Like that was like. <laughs> All I think is death by snoo snoo. You know, it's just that's ridiculous. But anyway, um, so we see that. Then we get the red skull. What? What's he? Schmidt. Yeah, he's um. Schmidt, jo- Johann Schmidt, um, who's the the Hydra leader here, the Hitler of Hydra, and you know we got Markond, and he gets the Tesseract, you know, and he's and that was basically was that the scene pretty much straight out of the movie, same kind of deal. He goes into this guy's house, whatever, finds it in the wall. Is that what happened? Yeah, pretty it much. It seemed very okay. That's pretty much how again. That goes I, down. I haven't watched the first Avenger in, in a few years. I think I've only watched the movie maybe three times. He goes. He goes into the. He goes into the dude's house, and you know the, the 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 Temple of Doom is down there, and he goes up to it and pushes a couple of buttons on the wall and the hieroglyphics, and the wall opens up and bada bing, bada boom, and we're we're off to the races. That's pretty much how what happens in that movie. Yep. No explanation as to how that guy got it. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. It just is. We have to start somewhere, so. Alright. So we see later on. Um, she's hanging out at the bar. Stark comes over, got her a new suit, explains to her, it's like, you know, it's it's a suit that he had for your USO tour. You know, again, laugh joking on the whole like goofy USO tour thing. Um, but he upgraded it. And gave her this really cool shield. Now, all of this stuff is all Union Jacked. It's all Union Jacked up. Yep. So it's it's uh, Captain America, but Captain Britain would have sounded ridiculous because she's not fighting for Britain. So she's just Captain Carter. All right. I will I will say. Go ahead. I, I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the design of the shield here with the, um you know, the UK flag on it and everything. It looks... Oh yeah, it looked great. Oh yeah, it looked awesome. <laughs> it was so cool. They did a really good job with it. Yeah. Um. So she goes out and just immediately is awesome at fighting. <laughs> Again, she's been like a pencil pusher all of this time, and now she's immediately awesome and just takes out like trucks and bikes, like motorcycles. And she's like, but as she's doing it, she's like amazed, like, wow, that was cool. Like, are you guys seeing this? That was brilliant. Um, <laughs> I love that line. That was brilliant. Well, what's, it, what's funny about that is that, uh, I've seen, so, it was a comedian, what was his name? Um, DC Benny. Yeah. If you had a chance, check out DC Benny. He has an amazing stand-up. Um, he's, he's this guy. It, it blew, I was laughing my butt off. I, I listen to it every few weeks. I put it back on again. Um, but he's, he's like, he's like, oh, I've got this British friend. He's, he's, he's hilarious. It's like, every time I do anything, he thinks I'm a genius. I do something, I, you know, like I, I make a funny joke and he's like, oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's funny because brilliant in, in our culture means very smart, you know, genius, ingenious. No, if it's something is funny or like really cool, they say it's brilliant. He's like, yeah, I like, I like hanging out with my British friend because he makes me feel smart. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's just totally just loving this. Yeah. She takes everything out, 
she gets over there and she finds um Zola, you know, Dr. Zola there, and <laughs> his only response is Shiza. <laughs> she just goes, exactly. <laughs> And takes the tesseract from him. Yeah, pretty much. And it's just it's it's too funny to me because his he just he looks and he just cowers. Now, what's funny is we've seen this character a few times in the MCU, and the last time we saw him, he had like the quote unquote upper hand, and his brain was basically just put on a bunch of hard drives. Was that was that the Winter Soldier? Yes. Yeah, that was the Winter Soldier. It was Winter Soldier, we saw that. Yeah, and he was just totally like, you know, he had the high ground. And he was just, like, laughing his butt off, like, oh, we're so much smarter than you and whatever. But here, like, every time we see him, he's just totally getting owned. And I much. loved it, you know? So before um, before we go any further, you um <clears throat> you mentioned earlier that, you know, this, this lady has been a pencil pusher, you know, all her life. And now all of a sudden she's awesome. In contrast, Steve was a skinny kid who could do absolutely nothing, who, you know, had asthma and other ailments. And he got the serum. He was immediately awesome. I mean, if you remember the movie, True. one of the first things he does is he's like on this like foot chase, chasing down this guy who's in a cab and then dives into the water and stops True. a submarine. So, <laughs> it's... Oh, okay. I forgot about the submarine part. I was going to say, I'm like, yeah, he chased a guy and he, and he took a door off a car that had a star on it. And no, he, uh, he, I ripped, that. he ripped a door off of a submarine and pulled a guy out. <laughs> like... Okay. I don't I remember that part. <laughs> Touche, sir. <laughs> Touche. So I will say, like, um, pencil pusher versus asthmatic kid. So which, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he went through some basic training. Uh, she must have, too. No, okay, whatever. He, he went through anyway. nothing. He, <laughs> he did nothing. He, he, he pulls a pin out of a flagpole to get a flag. That's, that's, that's the most physical thing he did. <laughs> During that training montage, so, uh, I don't know. I like the contrast work, there. Work smarter, not harder. I like the contrast there, that both of these characters, you know, they were essentially nothing, nothing physical. They weren't, they weren't physical specimens of any kind. They weren't athletic at all, and all of a sudden they get the serum. It just, it's, it's for the proof of how powerful the serum is, and I like that they're sticking with that, well, too. They, they did a very good well, job that's, of... that's what... They do a That's very good job like in this Marvel. show about, you know, even though we're, you know, just having fun and it's nonsense, they're still kind of, you know, sticking with canon, even though they're going off in these weird directions. So I appreciate that. Well, that's why I've always liked Marvel over DC. Um, you're, taking, you're taking these characters that are disadvantaged and you're giving them abilities. You know, they have... They have something in their past or something about their character that makes them worthy. You know, it's not like DC where it's just like, Oh, this atmosphere atmosphere makes me strong. So, yeah. so <laughs> something. I might, um, I, I, but I'm here going it's to like say you, some... Spider-Man, for example, Spider-Man is a, he's uh Peter Parker's a smart kid, you know, and he, he had this like revenge issue, you know, but he learned through it. And then he got this gifting and he had to learn how to use it for good, you know, and, you know, for others and not for his own selfish gain. And that was really cool, you know. He had he had these abilities, he had this issue, and he learned, based on the people around him, how to be a better person, and then he got gifts, you know. And it, so it, it's, 
That's what I like about Marvel. Great Spider-Man story. was always one of my coolest Great story. characters. Yeah. I'm going to say something that might be a little bit unpopular <laughs> with you at least. Uh-oh. So you Uh-oh. say you've always liked Marvel more than DC. Except for Batman. Okay, I was about to say like <laughs> The Dark Knight is leaps and bounds better than anything the MCU has done to date. Batman, I'm sorry. You, I mean, Batman is the is the is DC to me. Everything else in, in DC, I'm like, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. One of my favorite things was I was, I th- I don't know if I was talking to you or even talking to anybody, but I remember saying one day, I'm like, when did when did um when did DC go from Detective Comics to D? Oh. <laughs> Wow. It just hit me one day. Wow. I was like, wow, I'm dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's just like, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, when did they, like, I thought Batman was always detective. No, but I mean, when (laughs) DC right now, as as it is, is god awful. Yeah. But they have had some spectacular films. I'm thinking about the first two Superman movies. Back in you know what what was it seventy eight in in seventy nine or eighty when when those two mm. movies came out like they are both phenomenal phenomenal movies Batman and Batman Returns and then you have mm. the Dark Knight trilogy like they and and even recently Joker like what they've been able to accomplish like there like it's phenomenal they're some of the best superhero movies ever made but just. Something, some, some, something's going on, and and it doesn't taste very good. So, well, they're trying to compete with the modern superhero. I know movie, what they're trying to MCU. do. I know what they're trying to do. And we've been through that a million times. I just wanna. I don't wanna. I'm tired of. I'm tired of piling <laughs> <Very>. on DC. <laughs> I'm sick of doing it. I don't. I I really don't want to do it anymore. And I kind of want to give them props. Like when you look when you look at the series of films that I mentioned. They really did pave the way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, like they, they, they wrote the blueprint. <laughs> so I kind of want to. Could you I, imagine how how great Superman Lives would have been? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, Brainiac. Uh, could you just like come over here, please? Uh, <laughs> no. So I can punch you really hard with my. Amazing fists. Um, so, yes. I know. Uh, I know you want Colonel that movie. F- I know you want that to happen. But I just listen. Listen. If Marvel can do what if, why can't I just have a real life what if so I can watch a what if they actually made that movie? That's all I want. I want to see it, and then just forget it ever happened. I think it would like, make- just so I can have seen it. I mean. Nicolas Cage. I mean, he's Nicolas Cage. Right? And you want him to be Superman. I, no, but Kevin Smith was on board. So? That doesn't mean anything. Okay. I don't think Kevin Smith would I'm have made I don't think Kevin Smith would have made a good super, Superman film. That's not well, what he, he wasn't does. He's the only one involved. No. That's not but, what I mean, he does. But, dude, John Favreau making a Star... Okay. 
making everything he did that I buy. Well, now, because we saw Iron Man, but before that, didn't he do Made? <laughs> Swingers? Yeah. Like, all these movies with him and, and Vince Vaughn? I would never, ever, in all of my life, expect him to do Iron Man. Iron Man 2. Lion King, Jungle Books, uh, Mandalorian, all of it. And now potentially doing like this retcon in Star Wars. Like, really? That's amazing. It's amazing. Because he's done such a great job. I'm not, I'm not saying that but he anyway. didn't do a great job. I'm just saying like what we know of Kevin Smith. Like. Oh, well, yeah. Like, okay. Like the dude. That, okay. The dude that made Mallrats <laughs> is going to make a Superman movie. Yeah, but the thing is, the dude who loves these movies, these characters, more than anybody else we really know who's involved in Hollywood, I would trust that person. They don't want to, like, do it, uh, you know, do something like no, um, do a disservice. You know what? You know what? Maybe, to, maybe, to Batman maybe you're or right. Superman fans. Maybe, maybe you're right, because I also, I, I didn't see, I didn't see Red State coming from Kevin Smith. So maybe, maybe you have a point. Right. Maybe mm-hmm. you have a point. I don't know. I just, I don't mm-hmm. see it, so. That's why I grow my hair out so you can't see it. It's right on the top of my head. Congratulations. Um, so, thank you. Um, not qualified for field duty. That was the big thing, right? Um, so Flynn's like, yeah, you can't go out there. Oh, yeah, so he, she basically gets a Tesseract. Um, gets it from, you know, Shiza face there. And brings it back. And he's like, what are you doing? Is this thing nuclear? Like, <laughs> what, what's about to happen to me? And he's like, you shouldn't be out there. You're not qualified for field duty. You should be behind a desk. And she goes, fine, then promote me. Captain has a nice ring to it. Um, walks <laughs> off. And you're like, okay, all right. Like, her, her character. I'm like, I didn't watch Agent Carter, the show, but now I kind of want to, you know, just to see what they did with it. Yeah, it makes you I curious. do know. I do know that she did have a, um, like, there was a Jarvis, like an actual Jarvis that was in that show, which is kind of cool, and that's, like, who became the basis for the AI Jarvis that we knew later on. Okay. Um, I know that because, I mean, they brought it up in, um, in Endgame. Remember, Jarvis yeah. was, was driving uh, um, Howard Stark. I think that's actually part of, of Agent Carter. Like, it popped up. I don't know if it's a huge part, but it was in there that there was an actual Jarvis um, driver. So, interesting. I, I kind of do want to check it out. It's just, when you watch everything else MCU's done, you don't want to watch a, you know, a pencil pusher. <laughs> so, anyway. The plan is to rescue Bucky. So, she runs out there. She's running next to a biker. This is nice. You mind if I have a go? Knocks him off the bike, takes the bike, jumps up, goes through a fence, flips over here, blah, 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 breaks into the place, breaks them out, um, and then as they're trying to get outside, they're getting attacked, you know? And, and you got Dum Dum Dugan over there, Dum Dum Dugan, Duggan, whatever his name is. Basically, um, I mean, I, I look at the guy, uh, Neil McDonough, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, he was the bad guy in Walking Tall. He was uh, Damien Dark in the Arrowverse, um, but he's in there as Dum Dum Duggan, the guy with the mustache um, and, and the little derby hat there. And they're out there fighting, and 
what are we going to do? We're getting attacked. We need air support. You hear Rogers inbound, and he comes in in this ironmonger-looking, uh, which eventually they refer to it as the Hydra Stomper. But it's basically, it is the ironmonger. It's, it's what you see Obadiah stand in when he creates this thing to kind of battle against Tony or, you know, to, to make his own version of the suit, which is, it's huge. You know, it's not just like some suit that basically forms around his body, but it's a suit that he sits inside, pretty much. You know, and skinny little Steve Rogers, well, that makes more sense because he's skinny little Steve Rogers. Otherwise, he'd look like Spider-Man. So, not the technology they had at that point was thin, form-fitting. <laughs> um, so, they go into this whole thing. They fight. Steve's okay. He's in this giant suit. One thing I didn't pick up on the first time was that they, they ended up having, like, this big montage of how cool it is that they've got this Ironmonger Hydra Stomper suit. Right. Right. And the partnership between Peggy Carter or sorry, Captain Carter and them where um, he's over there. <laughs> you saw that he painted on his fists. Hello from and then Brooklyn on the other one. I'm like, that's actually <laughs> kind of funny. I didn't see that until the second viewing. And I was like, OK, that's funny. But then she's riding on his back. You know, and they're like flying off into war together as she rides on his back. And there's like a handle for her to hold on to. And she jumps off and takes a bunch of stuff out. And then the sky dives down and he picks her back up again. I'm like, okay, you know, it's ridiculous, but it's animated. So it's like, all right, I'll allow it. You know, but still, it's just too funny to me. Like they're a team. He's just a giant, like, you know exoskeleton robot dude and she's just jumping off his back taking people out. I'm like this is a video game that's what this is so I mean we got red skull that what kinda I mean didn't um didn't we see something similar happen in um Falcon and Wonder Soldier you know wasn't Falcon flying around and throwing Bucky all over the place yeah I mean not to this degree not he wasn't to this flying degree. on his back he wasn't riding him no he wasn't riding him. That was the thing. The fact that she was riding on him, like Falcor, you know, I was like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so, I love the line here because it reminds me of one of the coolest things in um, the first Avenger. So we got Schmidt, you know, Red Skull. And he's, he's arguing with this guy and he's like, oh yeah, well, I'm a god. And he's like, oh, you're a god, really? He's like, you lost a Tesseract. And here you go, playing with metal trinkets. And, you know, he rips on him, he shoots the guy, and that's what he did when he ripped off the mask, and you got to see his face, like, in the guy's eyeball. Which is a really cool shot, I remember that from the movie. It was actually really cool the way they did that, to finally reveal what his face looked like underneath. Um, you know, but it was like, it was almost very much a face-off, remember? Pretty much. When you wouldn't actually see his face, when he had no face on. It was just a reflection. Smoking a cigarette. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Um, funny about that is my my daughter, my three year old. Every now and again, she does this weird cough that sounds like she's going Gollum, Gollum, Gollum. And I'm like, oh my god, my my daughter's Gollum. <laughs> um. Anyway, he says you lost a test rock, and here you are playing with metal trinkets. Now the coolest thing about um, and you probably know about this or have thought about it is the line in the first Avenger. Uh, it's something along the lines of, you know, well, you know, while the Fuhrer searches for trinkets in the desert, blah, 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 
they're actually referring to Indiana Jones. You know, Hitler's out there sending off his troops to go find huh. whatever Indiana Jones is after. I never put it's, that it's together. It's a little... Oh, dude, it's a, it's a little nod to Indy, and it's so cool. Um, yeah, rewatch if you can that scene, just that line there. It's something about trinkets in the desert, and it's it's referring to Hitler and the, and the Nazis, you know, their focus is whatever Indiana Jones is up to that, out in the desert. Yeah, that's interesting. It's really cool. Um, anyway, so they go back and forth, and, you know, guy shoots him, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we get back over to another conversation between um, Steve and Peggy. And, you know, the suit's nothing without the man inside. You're my hero, Steve. I mean, you're a hero. He's wow. like, oh, you're my hero, too. They go to kiss, and Stark just pops up in the window. Hey, guys, guess what? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, sorry. I'll leave you alone. <laughs> Stay tuned after these messages. Blah, blah, blah. Some weird, <laughs> you know, thing that pops up, and it closes off like an old I Love Lucy episode. Okay, whatever. Plan now is <laughs> let's zip line onto a train. I mean, we can blow through that. I don't think it's necessary. It was just really goofy. Um, really odd. Almost felt like we were watching WandaVision for a second there, but moving on. Um, they're doing that zip line scene onto the train, right? And, um, I, I love the line as they go down there where basically she grabs Bucky, swings up there, he goes, oh, thanks, you almost ripped my arm off. Now, was that line in the first Avenger? No, because in the first Avenger, he falls off the train. That's what I thought. Okay. But I, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> That <laughs> they threw that line in there, because as we all know at this point, clearly, uh, he doesn't, he loses his arm. Um, so, Steve enters to get, he basically rips off the side of the train, goes in there, there is, there's just bombs. Yeah, it's ready and, to blow. you know, it's ready to blow. Peggy, get everybody out of here, kaboom, and she freaks out, and, you know, Bucky's over there, like, we gotta go. Now, what's interesting about this is he doesn't fall off the train, uh, so therefore, no Winter Soldier. Ah, interesting branch here. No Winter Soldier. Nope. I mean, again, there was no Captain America either, but, I mean, man, this will really change a lot. There's a lot of flaps to the butterfly wing. So, we get back. I thought you said, it, I thought you said that the Hydra Stomper was indestructible. Well, it is. I mean, it was. <laughs> Okay, so, you know, basically they're saying it's gone, and that's how we lose Steve Rogers. I didn't buy it yet. I but, did. I'm going to be know, honest. Again, I, 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 here, I bought, I bought that he died. Huh. Okay. Because it's like, why not, why not commit to it? It's one of those things where, okay, he falls off the train instead of Bucky... I, I was I was I was one of two minds. I was either like, oh, Steve Rogers is gonna become the Winter Soldier or Steve Rogers is dead. But then when they mm -hmm. got to the whole, well, you know, the suit isn't indestructible, yada yada yada, I was like, okay, Steve Rogers is gone. This is how they're gonna do that. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. But then it was just kind of, you know, all undone and whatever. Yeah. I mean it it could have gone Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, it, it could have gone a few different ways, and I, I bought it, I accepted it, um, but I was like, well, we'll kind of see where they're going with it. Um, and then we see, you know, how they obviously ended the episode, which was like, okay, telling, I get it, so we'll, we'll move from there. 
Um, she goes off. She's mad because they're basically just like referring to him as just this. Um, he's just a thing. Um, but uh, no, he's a person, and it's not this Hydra Stomper. He's Steve Rogers. Blah blah blah. She breaks in to go talk to Zola. Zola. I always forget the end. Yeah, Zola. And um, <laughs> his response is, "I will tell you nothing." And then he, she walks up to him. It cuts again later on. He, she's like, yeah, he told me everything. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, again, the second time we see this character introduced um, in this episode, and he's just cowering like a baby because he's giving everything up. It worked out really well. Um, but uh, so the, the point that we get here is the information she got was that it was an inter interdimensional force that will lead Hydra to world domination. So we don't quite know exactly um, what that means, where they're going with it. Um, but, you know, we do know that it's, it's a little bit different than what we got before. It's not just some random thing with power. So. <laughs> Sorry, uh, my 16-year-old. My is sneaking through the, the, the basement at this moment. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, plan now is to break into the castle with the team. You know, go in there, figure out what, um, what Schmidt's up to, and basically stop him from doing that. And she's, she's all, like, fired up, um, basically wanting revenge because Steve is gone. What are we going to do here? Okay. Um, <laughs> now, uh... I, I actually laughed really hard at some of the stuff that happened in the rest of this episode um, just because um, certain responses were, were spot on to how I kind of responded as I watched it. Um, but they break into the castle. He's opening up this portal. And we got tentacles coming out. We're like, oh, great. It's like this Hydra tentacle creature. Got it. Um, <laughs> and Red Skull's totally excited, like, ah, here he is, you know, this is our champion, this is <laughs> what's gonna help us win. He gets picked up and then crushed yeah. by the tentacle. And uh, so, first of all, I always expect this to happen every time a bad guy creates a monster. It's like, why doesn't this happen all the time? Well, because then the movie wouldn't be as cool, I guess, or the story wouldn't really make sense. Um... But the funniest thing is when it happens, Howard Stark has the exact same response I had, which was, whoa! <laughs> like, <laughs> and I laughed so hard because I was like, I, I almost didn't expect it to happen the way it did because they never do what I want them to do, but they finally did it. The guy who summoned this thing immediately gets killed. <laughs> That's how it always should happen. You know, it should happen like that, where the bad guy gets what he what he deserves right off the bat as soon as he does the dumb thing. You know, not like later on it ends up being the ending of it all, and then, oh, it took him with him or something. No. Like, right off the bat, you made a dumb decision, you did not know what you were playing with, and you're gone. <laughs> you're done, kid. Just done. <laughs> I loved it. Um, <laughs> So as that's happening... <laughs> You've got the rest of the team. They find a Hondra Stomper. Uh, sorry, Hondra. The H Hydra Stomper. It's downstairs, you know, locked up in this, you know, containment unit thing, whatever. And there's Steve. You know, he's not doing too well. He's on the ground. And they basically get him back in this, like, jump, put me back in a suit, power me with this generator, 
They're like, it'll give me enough power to do what I need to do. They jump him, and then he just falls out. I don't know how he fell out, because I thought he was chained up or, like, locked in, but it, the, the whole thing just went down, like, Iron Giant style, style humor, down. Hey, you all right in there? Yep. <laughs> okay. Gets up, and then, you know, I'm off to fight. Here we go. Howard Stark, he's messing around, trying to figure out how to use these buttons, does not know German, can't understand what anything says, he's, he's hitting buttons, who makes, who paints a button blue, and she's like, are you kidding me, you can't, you don't know how to push buttons, this playboy, whatever, million dollar playboy can't figure out how to push buttons, he's like, listen, Hedy Lamar and I spent a weekend together, but she wasn't teaching me German, <laughs> okay, got it. Stomper comes in, basically he's got no power, he just serves as a distraction while they're trying to figure out how to reverse the polarity. All of a sudden, this beast comes through and the mouth arrives and basically blows out everybody's eardrums with its loud noise and the walls start crumbling down as well. Um, that's when... Reminded me of that Captain scene Carter. in, which one was it, Dead Man's Chest? When Jack Dead Sparrow gets exactly. eaten, <laughs> and it just, it by just the like spits all over him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same idea. You just see this giant thing. I mean, Hydra, Kraken, whatever this thing is. Pretty much it's the, all same the same thing, thing at this point. I mean, yeah. It, Anything it, with tentacles. It's kind of it's kind of what I thought they were going for. As soon as I saw the mouth with yeah. all the teeth and everything, I was like, oh, that's straight out of Cap- Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, it's funny because I feel like in the past, like, 15 years, that's been the design that they've been showing is, like, these big round mouths in all types of creatures that we don't generally see in reality. You know, whether it's something that's living in the depths of the sea or in the earth or from a different planet, this round mouth thing Dude, is past, something that freaks past, people out past now. Past 15 years, try past 100. I mean, you know, HP Lovecraft oh. created, like, something that looked like that 100 years ago. Right, but I'm saying, like, lately, that's been the go-to for a lot of creatures because people are just bored with the creatures we've seen before. That's why I thought, you know, Tomorrow War was actually pretty interesting um, because they didn't, they didn't follow that same type of um, alien creature design. Did you, did you watch that yet? No. Oh, jeez. All right, you gotta watch that. <laughs> anyway, um, we've done a podcast on it. Ha-ha. Um, so she gets to the whole point where she's like, well... If, if we can't get this to work, he's too strong, it's coming through, I'm going to have to push it through. So she grabs her shield, runs up, and just starts forcing the thing through. Now, I don't understand how that makes that much sense. It's got like 5,000 tentacles coming at you. You know, not that many. But it has a bunch of tentacles coming at you, and she just pushes in one single spot because she is only the size of one single human being. Well, I mean, a large human being, but still, okay. I'm Whatever. going to give this the, I'm going to give this the benefit of the doubt because Howard Stark is over there and he's pushing buttons and it looks like he accomplishes something and there is a piece of dialogue in here that suggests that this thing is just a little bit too big to be affected by yeah. whatever Howard Stark did and it just needed yeah, the to extra the polarity push. And pull it back in. It just mm-hmm. kind of needed that extra yeah. push that, you know, Captain Carter I was know. able to get it and push it back in. So I'm fully on board with this. I don't I understand it that, but the other tentacles don't grab her. I'm just saying the other tentacles don't grab her well, while she's doing this. I mean, same reason why the bad guys don't die the way you want them to in movies. Because if they did, it wouldn't be much of a story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, oh, geez. So some some of the best bad guys. You you say bad guys die, and I'll, and all I saw immediately was Hans Gruber falling off the building. Yeah. Like that that's that's the image I have when I think about bad guys dying because it's epic. Just like that. Oh. Well, you know why it's so epic? They. I mean, you probably do know. We've talked about this before, but he didn't know that that was the moment they were going to let him go. So that was actually real fear in his eyes. I believe it. The actor. Like, that was... Alan Rickman did not know that they were going to let him go at that moment. They were like... It was basically like, we're going to count to ten. One, two, ten! <laughs> you know, and just let him go. <laughs> so that was actually real fear, and that's why that is such an iconic and memorable uh, shot of him just going down. You know what? Some of the best, so. Some of the best scenes in movies are all improv oh yeah like oh, um totally what am i thinking oh um oh what is her name what is her name shelly duvall in the shining genuinely terrified of kubrick in that moment well well yeah because he he was purposely he was getting frustrated with her he was so getting he so on, frustrated like, okay. and screaming at her that she was genuinely terrified of what he was going to do so like <laughs> that entire end sequence where you know mm-hmm. Jack is just going crazy. She's not. Yeah. She's not acting. She's legit terrified. <laughs> another right. another classic thing that I think of is um, oh my god, is um Django Unchained when Leonardo Leonardo oh, DiCaprio oh, breaks yeah. the bottle and his hand is gushing oh. blood. That's mm-hmm. all improv. Oh, like dude. his hand was legit gushing blood. Like he had to get stitches after that. And, and he, he gave this amazing I mean, dude. Pain is temporary. Am- film is forever. This amazing. And yeah, that one does stand out a lot. Monologue, like with mm-hmm. like his mm-hmm. hand just like covered in his own blood. Like all of it just off yep. the cuff, and he just rolled with it. Like oh, dude. D- d- but then again, when he goes even further and rubs it on her face. Yeah. Oh. Like that's what makes me go. I mean, it's it's sick. It's twisted. It's weird. But it makes me go, oh man, this guy, like, he's come a long way from Titanic. And <laughs> what's he in Gilbert Grape? <laughs> you're, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. My God. I still haven't seen The Revenant. I got to check that out, I guess. The Revenant, here's what um, I was. I will tell you a little bit about The Revenant. Okay. The Revenant is not a movie that you watch for the story. The Revenant is a movie that you watch <laughs> and just marvel at the way that it's shot. Yeah, you would yeah, appreciate it. You would appreciate it because it's all natural lighting. Yeah, I know. That's I know. what. That's like. I know you would appreciate that because you, you know, you like the behind the camera thing. So yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. kind of movie that you could watch and just you, you don't have to pay attention to what's going on. You don't have to pay attention to the story mm-hmm. if you don't want to. All you have to do is just say, "How did they get this shot? How did they make this mm-hmm. look so majestic and beautiful?" Because it is a gorgeous film. Yeah. Not the kind of movie that you and I would review. It's it's absolutely not. No. There's, no, there's nothing of substance to really talk about there. It would just be us talking about this shot, and then this shot, and then they made this, and then they did this, and the lighting here, <laughs> and the, oh my God, like that's all it would really be, but absolutely. Right, right, Anybody right. out there, like, here's, anybody out there who has any desire or interest at all in, in, in filmmaking or, or being behind a camera or a production crew or whatever, or you're just curious about the way lighting works, that is definitely a go-to film to watch. It, it's, mm. it's breathtakingly beautiful the way that that movie is done. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I will have to check it out. So, to uh, finish this up... Um, 
she pushed it through. But as she's pushing it, the whole thing is like, you can't stop now. Um, you still have to teach me how to dance, you know. And she's like, oh yeah, uh, Saturday night, cool, you know. Very much reminiscent of him, you know, on the ship, right? You know, going down, going into the ice, and that's how she ends. But the difference here is again, they use the tesseract, which is the space stone. <laughs> you know, for what it's worth, okay. for what it's actually meant for, which is transporting through space. Right. And time. <laughs> sure. In a sense. So, as this happens, she arrives with tentacles, you know, at the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. Basically, it's set up just like in Avengers, you know, just before Avengers there, before Loki shows up. Mm-hmm. And you got F- uh, Fury and uh, Clint Barton that are hanging out there, you know, Hawkeye. And... Voiced again by Jeremy Renner and Samuel L. Jackson, um, just for that, you know, quick, what, 13, 17 seconds? Um, <laughs> if that. But this is, this is what's funny to me, and it's ridiculous, all right? She shows up, she's looking around like, what's going on? You got Clint, who goes, dude, that's like, that's Captain Carter. <laughs> sure. Like, do you realize who that is? And, okay, makes some sense. And... Samuel L. Jackson's like, hey, uh, and, and it's funny because he, he's not being like a jerk. He's being like, oh, wow, like, I should respect you. Like, this is nuts. Um, he's like, the war ended 70 years ago. And immediately just goes, are you going to be okay? <laughs> not not any kind of just like, hey, um, this is, uh, you've, you've been gone for 70 years. Like, what's, what do you remember? Okay. Here's a skinny. He just goes off and says immediately, the war ended 70 years ago. Are you going to be okay? She's like, of course. We won the war. Like, she just totally accepts it and moves on. There's, there's no shock. There's no, like, running through the streets of New York, like, where the heck am I? No, Which, no, no, I don't that. care who you are. That would be the situation where you just you lose your mind. You'd probably pass out. You'd probably hyperventilate and pass out. You're right. If you realize that everything you ever knew was gone because 70 years have gone by. Nope, she just totally gets it. Oh, of course I. Of course I'm all right. So We, We won the war. So did Steve. No, Steve ran through the streets of New York. He was and trying out to for a no. Moment. He was trying to escape from what he thought were his captors. Mm-hmm. He thought he was being held captive, and he was just trying to escape and get away. When he got out on the street and he's looking around and he's in New York, he didn't freak out. He didn't pass out. Like nothing. No. Nothing happened. He didn't hyperventilate. So it's. But the transition was just too quick. It's essentially the same thing. Yeah, I just I just thought it was too it was too ridiculous. Like nobody ever would just accept it like that. Oh yeah, I guess so. Uh, we won the war. <laughs> It just, it just seems so ridiculous. Not everybody has been shot up with super serum. Oh, okay. Okay. So super serum gives you super uh, acceptance. I, I don't understand. Like adaptability. I guess. <laughs> I mean, oh, hey, okay. listen, listen, listen. If Loki <laughs> can have a whole bunch of powers that we didn't know about before Loki, then why can't this be the case? If if that right. tesseract if can just, hang on, just take the S off his chest. If that tesseract <laughs> can all of a sudden transport th- you through space and time, and that never happened before, so why can't but we knew that it was a space stone? But we okay. didn't know that it was transporting people through time and space. Mm-hmm. Like we we didn't mm-hmm. like that wasn't a thing. 
Like, there's a lot of things that are happening right now that we didn't know before. So why can't, you know, Super Soldier Serum, like, okay, adaptability. Why can't that be a thing? Uh, I mean, okay. hey, listen, if we're accepting that Loki is <laughs> this unbelievable being that has no limits, if we're accepting that, then why can't we accept this small thing that happens with the Super Soldier Serum? Right. If we can accept that Superman can somehow build the Great Wall of China with his eyeballs, then, I mean, why can't we accept that she'll just understand things and be cool with it? I gotcha. I gotcha. Yep. It could be and, worse. Oh, and kiss people to forget. It could be worse. My nose could be gushing blood. No. It could be a giant <laughs> um, plastic S getting ripped off of your chest. <laughs> yeah. Could be. <laughs> Very well, could be. Oh, jeez. No. Anyway. In in a way, listen, in a way, you're right. The ending of this was ridiculous. And should there have been a little bit more shock from her? Sure. But drop down on her knees for half a second and be like, oh, my God, this is hard to handle. Like, give her a second. Not just like, oh, well, we won the war, so, okay. You're right. (laughs) There's a, a, a bigger question that I had at the end of this thing. So, the Tesseract. Uh-huh. It's in the possession of Howard Stark or Shield. what's to become Shield, right? For this entire mm-hmm. time. Yes. Yes. And we're supposed to believe that Howard never experimented with this thing ever again. Oh well, we don't. That know. she was we just did, we stuck. We didn't see anything beyond that room. She was just stuck there for seventy years. Nah. Howard did nothing with the Tesseract. <laughs> for well that's that's another branch oh come on man <laughs> <laughs> see the possibilities that's are so, endless that's such a lame cop out like if they take this thing and literally like okay well this is too dangerous we're just gonna stick it in a safe now and we're gonna leave it there until somebody else comes along like no like howard well would they ab- did they did didn't they no because that's when howard tony was, went back to go get it from his dad they, exactly they go back and they years. get it from his dad and it's hanging out in the thing i don't tell me that yeah. Howard doesn't know more about this thing than he does about, you know, his surroundings. I, I, I would not well, believe that for a minute. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, believe yeah. that. That's, 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 that's the one thing in this episode that I don't buy. And don't give me, mm-hmm. you know, some, oh, alternate branch or timeline this. <laughs> no, this thing exists in the possession See? of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> for 70 years and Howard does nothing with it. I don't, be- I don't believe that. See, I don't see, believe that. The issue, the issue with Loki, the, the, the issue with the season finale of Loki <laughs> is now I no longer have to say... Maybe there's a deleted scene. <laughs> now I can say, maybe it's just another branch. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which I have a have feeling, I have a feeling anytime, so from now on, anytime <laughs> I point out a, sl- a, a flaw, and be honest, this is, this is a problem that I've just mentioned here, your response is going to be, hey, maybe there's an alternate timeline, like, Dude, it's so lame. It's such a lame cop-out, especially here. I know. I know. The Tesseract is literally right there. Howard can go and touch it and use it whenever he wants to for 70 years, and he never does. Dude, the Tesseract was always there, though. That's my point. Exactly. It was always there. It's there now Mm. in this timeline. It's in their possession. And Fury comes along, and he's like, what's this thing? Maybe we... And and bada-bing, bada-boom... Here comes, you know, Captain Carter. Like, mm-hmm. 
Howard did nothing. No, I don't yeah. buy it. Mm-hmm. I do not buy well, it. Well, that's that's so. So the rest of the title of this episode is actually, "What if Captain Carter were the first Avenger?" And Howard Stark just, you know, had a brain fart and didn't bother going after the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. That's the full title for this episode. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm half joke. This episode, this episode, <laughs> yeah, so is, my. this episode is mindless fun. I'm not taking mm-hmm. it seriously at all, but that's just like, they did such a good job at sticking with the characters and like, okay, I, I fully believe that this is what the, this is what they would do and this is who they are. And Howard is a workaholic and he's intuitive just by nature and he experimenting on all types of things and he made some crazy inventions and you have this source of unlimited power at your disposal and you're okay. Sure. I, yeah, well, I think I, but here's my thought. My thought is we don't know exactly how the Tesseract ended up with, um, with Nick Fury. No, we don't. Maybe he's working with. Maybe he's working with the Starks. Maybe Howard Stark's not dead. Maybe. I mean, that would make sense considering he there's no Winter Soldier. You're, you're right. So therefore, he be, he's not dead. He wouldn't be because there's no Winter Soldier. You're exactly. right. Exactly. So all of this, we don't know what's happening beyond that room. Well, wait, wait, so it's, wait, it's unfair wait of us to try minute, to make guesses. We know. We know. Bucky does not become the uh-huh. Winter Soldier. We don't know uh-huh. that the Winter Soldier program isn't still happening. Right. That that's a very that's a that's a possibility. It could still be going on. Mm-hmm. Right. Could be. So we don't know. Howard. But that's my point. Like I said, though, is we don't know what's going on beyond this room. <laughs> All we're seeing is two people standing in a room. That is it. So I I think it's unfair for us to sit here and rip on it and say, oh my god, doesn't it make sense or doesn't it not make any sense that blah blah blah. I'm like, we don't even know. You know, the clouds could be made of cotton candy when they go outside. We have no idea. That We're stuck in this little room. Now, that that would be bold. If they go outside <laughs> and the clouds yeah. are made of cotton candy and, you know, grass is this edible sweet substance that's, you know, flavored yeah. like And fla- Willy Wonka goes like around and drinks oh, his tea God. from a buttercup and then eats it. This would be, yeah, that I, would be I, bold. But that's my... <laughs> But that's my point, is we have no idea what's going on beyond the walls that we see in front of us there. They're only showing us what they need to show us, or whatever the Watcher wants to show us. Who, I mean, his job is basically just to observe all that transpires, but he does not, cannot, and will not interfere because he is the Watcher. And that is basically what's going on here. So we're getting this guy who's introducing, and again, I think that the way that they word that is is probably telling because of everything else we've seen that there's going to be a time where he does can and will interfere i kind of want them to stick to it and uh, i kind of mm, want them to stick to I mean, it i i like the i'd I, like them to stick to it too but I the like, fact that he's doing it is making me think otherwise and the and reason being there's a character that was introduced into the arrowverse when they had all these in, you know these infinite worlds and blah 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 there's a character basically similar to this watcher whose job is to basically i forgot what they called him um it's it's just i i lost so much interest in the arrowverse um when green arrow was was gone he was like the specter and then he was gone and then blah 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 but this guy who shows up who's basically like the watcher he's like hey all this stuff's gonna happen you're all gonna die um and there's not really anything you can do about it but i'm just here to tell you that and see you later 
you know, like he can't interfere, he can't do anything, but he shows up and does it. I'm like, oh my god, DC and MC and you know, like Marvel just stop stealing each other's ideas. <laughs> um, but similar type of thing. Um, but the question is, will he? And he in DC he did to a point. He did have some type of involvement. Um, that is DC, but. That is DC, and you're, what you're describing. But... What, what you're describing right now is part of the reason why DC is in the problem that they're in right now. Right. So right. I I would prefer it if you're going to introduce this watcher, this watcher. If you're going to introduce a watcher, and the first mm-hmm. you know lines of dialogue out of his mouth is "I'm not going to get involved," and they're hammering that home, then fine, don't get uh-huh. involved. Just observe and tell me the story. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would rather not, you know, a supreme being interject and then muck with the story that they're trying to tell. No, no matter what it well, is. Well, no resurrections this time. Good. <laughs> Good. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, we got that whole no resurrections this time. I know. You know, I know, and then next thing you know, we have a Loki show. I know. To have, like, it's it's the Loki show. Like, it's literally <laughs> the Loki show. <laughs> I know. So, I'm just saying, I wouldn't put it past them to do it. I know you don't want it, but I would not put it past them if they did. That's all I'm going to say. Neither, neither would I. Neither would I. Because they're making him so mysterious, they're going to make him less mysterious, and it's going to be a thing. If they're going to make him... It, okay, know? so if they make the Watcher less mysterious, and we learn more about that character, fine. I'm, I'm fully on board with that, but do I want him to, like, you know, take human form and, you know, get, in, get into the action with everybody? I... I no. <laughs> No. I don't think that's going to happen. That's not my point. <laughs> that's not my point at all. <laughs> I mean, that'd be kind of funny. Um, but no, not not at all what I had in mind. Okay. It's just some other level of just like a flick of the wrist. Hey, look at this. I, I, I Again, the flap of a butterfly wing, you know? Something that he did to kind of sway something really quick. You know, a little flick. Boop, there you go. I could help. I saw this. So I'm curious. Had some about, type of ability. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious about what other what-if stories they would possibly tell. Well, I mean, I know the only one I can think of off the top of my head is I know that there's like a um, zombie Captain America. Oh, great. Um, and that's very, very vague. But the other one that I know is that um, T'Challa um, gets picked up by the Ravagers instead of Peter Quill. Hmm. I know that's another one that they, they kind of went heavy on. So um, that might be the next one we see just based on... The, the trailers and whatnot. I don't know. Um, I, how many episodes is this I series? Have is it going to no be another idea. six or eight? Yeah. It's going to be either limited. Way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But either way, um, I know they're going to have... Th- those sto- those three stories, at least, are going to be in there. I just don't know much about them besides... Uh, actually, if you if you watch the semi-latest trailer, you do get a, a pretty big glimpse of what it looks like with T'Challa and... Um, Oh man, how did I forget his name? Right, Michael Rooker's character, uh, uh, Yondu, Yondu, their relationship. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, and again, we're getting. I don't know how, Chadwick Boseman is voicing T'Challa. Well, he it, it was, was all recorded this, it, before you know, it was released. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And and Michael Rooker, yeah, it was the last thing he did. 
Michael Rooker is gonna okay. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Michael Rooker. Maybe he'd like a chocolate covered pretzel. I don't know. Um but <laughs> Great. Ah, <sighs> yes. That's interesting. Anyway, it's it's been fun. This is actually I, I'm I'm impressed. I'm not really impressed, but I'm surprised. I guess I'm not. <laughs> that we went as long as we did. More because we're ripping on stuff and we're we've we've definitely jumped off. It's it's been a while since you and I've had to talk about really anything. So I think that this this is uh this was well needed yeah. to go over some of the what's going on, what are we doing here, what does MCU think they're doing here, you know, what's DC doing, you know <laughs> and everything else, and then touch upon this very quick um discussion about this episode. I mean, again, I don't think it was that bad. No, you know, it wasn't I'm interested that bad. in watching more just as a as a what if. That's literally what it is. It's called what if because it is a what if this happened? Huh. That's cool. And then we can forget about it and move on. That's interesting. Um <clears throat> there's a bunch of Star Wars stories like that too. What if um there, there was one whole thing where what if um Luke turned to the dark side? You know, what if he did kill Darth Vader and, and follow the Emperor? And then Leia took over and had to fight him. Is, is that... I, I forgot. That's part of one of the things that were not considered canon, obviously, later on. But that was one of the stories. That Leia became the, the, the Jedi that had to go against Luke to turn him back to good. Hmm. You know? There's, there's lots of really cool, interesting little um, offshoots of what if this happened. Right. That came up in Star Wars as well. And I'm like, I, I guess I'd be interested in hearing and, you know, witnessing that. Um, but the only other thing I'm in Star Wars right now that I've I've heard about is they're they're going off on the the name of Boba Fett's ship. What do you what's your thought on that? Right. What, right. What are my thoughts on what? What? On the fact that they're changing the, that that they've changed the name to uh, Boba Fett's ship. And it was originally Slave One. And it is what now? I don't know what it is now. I don't recall. But, but they're they changing just, their they name? Said, oh, yeah. They said slave was racist, apparently. Oh. I mean, I mean, I mean, slave is... Uh, that's the, basically what I got out of it. The, the whole point is that they're saying, like, oh, we don't want to use that name, slave one. <sighs> As if it's specific to what a slave is or what it even meant when they created that name. I'm not surprised <laughs> oh i'm not surprised either um you know here we are i i don't care you don't care that they changed the name or you just you just don't care that it was slave one either or but why would they change I'm it i mean it sounds like they're pretending it it was never called that i, I mean if they touched upon this this might go back to adamantium claws for me you know, don't just pretend it was never called that because we all knew it was called that. But then again, I guess, did they ever say it in the movies? I have no idea. I, I, I do remember there was a Robot Chicken episode. And it's funny because Billy D. Williams always came back and reprised his role as Lando in like every Robot Chicken episode that had Star Wars. So that's funny to me. But um, there's a part in there where he's talking. So Lando's talking to Boba and he goes, really like your ship. 
Not a big fan of the name, though. <laughs> and then, you know, that's it. Um, so I'm wondering if that just, like, sparked up the controversy where people started thinking about it. Like, hey, if they ever bring Boba Fett in, let's make sure we change the, sh- the name of, the, of his spacecraft. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Well, hmm. either way, it's a thing, and that's that. But yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm going to conclude. I don't care. What's that? I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be very honest with that. I don't care. I am not. I'm not hardcore on Star Wars. I like Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. Like the the movies are fantastic, with the, with the exception of the uh, the sequel trilogy, in, in, in my opinion. But everything else, it's not because I'm not a diehard fan. Because I'm not like actively involved in that fandom. My opinion really doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Your opinion would matter a lot more than mine. If you have an issue with it, cool. You have an issue with it. I'm not. I don't have an issue with it. It's more just like why, why now, why, why would you do that? Because it's like the whole Mr. Potato Head thing. I'm just like, why does it matter? Beca- like it's always been that, and it's not offending anybody. You just, it's just a thing. Like it wasn't. But now it suddenly is. Because it's Disney. <sighs> because it's Disney. It's it's Disney. It's the way of the world. I mean, I, okay, personally, was I ever offended that it was called the Slave One? No, I, I, I don't care. It's 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 whatever to me. <laughs> it's but. Yeah, I don't care. Yep. Well, neither do I. And on that note, it's been a pleasure discussing uh, this new MCU, or if you want to call it whatever, show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, what if? I'm interested in seeing where they go with it with the next episode, which again will most likely be T'Challa uh, joining the Ravagers, um, and where else they're going to go with the rest of this uh very disconnected series. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's about it. Sounds good. Anything else on your end? I'm done. Cool. Me too. All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We will check in with you next week. Um, keep your ears and eyes opened and peeled for um, some of the backlogged stuff we have on um, movie reviews, which they come out every other Thursday, as always. So... I'm um, not even sure what we have on the docket coming up. But, well, um, we, yeah, we, been... we, we, we kind of discussed what we have on the docket coming up, and I will give everybody a hint, just, you know, October. Ah, keep, yes, keep, October keep, keep a lookout on October. <laughs> we have something doing then. Um, yeah. Yep. All right. Great hint. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. You guys have a good one. Bye-bye.